Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting exit plan with no spaces to 44222. That's exit plan to 44222. Again, text exit plan to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's always a pleasure to have you with me. You know, we have a wide variety of interesting guests here on the show. Today, I think you're going to be very in, uh, interested in taking some notes. My first guest is Ariel Garten, and she's probably one of the most interesting people you will ever meet. She's a neuroscientist, a mom, a former psychotherapist, former fashion designer, and the co-founder and visionary of an amazing and highly effective tech startup called Muse which uh, tracks your brain during meditation to give you real-time feedback on your meditation, guiding you into the zone and solving the problem that most of us have when we're starting to practice meditation. Muse lets you know when you're doing it right. And with no formal business background, Ariel personally raised 18 million bucks to found Muse from Silicon Valley investors, as well as Ashton Kutcher. Uh, and Muse is now used by hundreds of thousands of people to start or deepen their meditation practice, including by Mayo Clinic. And when Ariel's not reading brains, literally, or investing in inspiring and advising other startups and women in business, you can find her on stages across the world from TED to MIT, teaching audiences about their brain and how to overcome its limitations, consistently giving her audiences the practical tools and insights they need to help them become their best selves. Now, Ariel and Muse have been featured in over a thousand articles, including CNN, Forbes, Fortune, Popular Science, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, uh, GQ, Men's Health, O Magazine, Wired, quite a few uh, uh, organizations. And Ariel's mission in life is to help people understand how their brain and mind work, both the nuts and bolts and neurons, and how that plays out in the messy and, biz- and beautiful human experience of living. She inspires people to ins- understand that they can accomplish anything they want by understanding what actually goes on in their own mind. And I should also note that Ariel's also the co-host of Untangle Podcast. So with all of that, Ariel, welcome to the show, and thanks so much for joining me today. Hello. Thank you so much. It's a joy and a pleasure to be here. That's quite, that's quite an introduction. It's, uh, it's an amazing uh, a collection of things that you have done in life. And uh, to, to bring you to this uh, incredible journey you're on now with Muse, which, which really, I guess it sounds like, helps a lot of people uh, do what, what they wonder about. How do I make my meditation most effective? Tell us a little bit more about that and your startup experience. Sure. So I formed Muse as a startup over a decade ago. It was literally three friends um, coming together, figuring out how we could make the world a better place with the technology that I was working with in a laboratory. And we had this technology that used EEG and let you know when you were focused and when your mind was wandering, when you were relaxed. 
And we took that technology and we realized that we could solve a big problem that people have, which is how do they meditate? Because we all know meditation is incredibly good for you, but it's really hard to do. There's no like little coach or guru sitting inside your head telling you when to meditate and if you're doing it right and what to do. And so with this technology, we could actually uh, let you hear the sound of your mind, hear when you're focused and hear when your mind is wandering and really give you real-time feedback to be able to understand either how to start your meditation practice or give you deeper insight to improve your practice. And that's how Muse was born. Very interesting. Well, you found an interesting niche. And, you know, I think of the, the, the new cars that have the lane correct technology, and then when you wander out of your lane, it sounds, sounds something like that. Um, uh, it, it's, I, I want to hear all about how that works, but first, let's back up and talk to our audience who might not be really familiar about what is meditation, why does it work, and what happens in the brain when we meditate? Sure. So meditation is a practice or a training that you do regularly to lead to healthy and positive mind states. So in the same way that we go to the gym to train and improve our bodies and keep them strong, meditation helps us train and improve our brain and keep it both focused as well as more relaxed. In a basic meditation, what you're doing is you are putting your attention on your breath. When your mind wanders away from your breath, you notice that your mind has wandered and then you choose to bring your attention back to your breath. Now, this sounds like a very simple process, attention on breath, mind wander, notice, return, but it actually leads to some really profound transformations. What you do when you notice that your mind has wandered and then choose to come back to your breath is, first of all, you're noticing your mind. So most of us just go through the world filled with thoughts in our head, and we assume the thoughts are supposed to be there, the thoughts of, I'm not good enough, and I need to go to the grocery store, and blah, blah, blah. In meditation, what you learn to do is observe the process of your thinking and then make a choice about the thoughts that you want to have there. And so when you do this, this actually makes us much less stressed because you can notice, oh, I'm having a stressful thought. I don't actually want to be thinking about this right now. And it gives you a process where you can take your mind off that thought and put it on something else. And so this leads to a much better mental state. It also leads to a much better physical state. So it, the practice of meditation lowers your heart rate, relaxes your body, improves your stress levels, and there are now literally over a thousand published studies demonstrating meditation's ability to improve your overall health, reduce the incidences of disease, um, improve your focus and your attention and your cognitive function, and even make your brain look younger. How how long should someone attempt to meditate or is it something that you kind of work your way up like if you're going to run a marathon you start with a uh, a trip around the block how, how what's the ideal time to meditate if there is one sure so a lot of the studies looking at meditation have shown that 20 minutes a day has significant impact in the studies that we've done with muse and there have now been over, over 200 published studies using muse um it looks like 10 minutes a day leads to significant impact so meditating with Muse for 10 minutes a day has shown improvements in cognitive function, decrease in stress, improvements in uh, your body's markers of health. Um, and it's something that you just start easy and work your way up. You can start as little as three or five minutes a day. Um, and then when you become comfortable with the practice, work your way up to 10. 
And like going to the gym, it's something that you want to be doing regularly. And the more you do it, the more you learn the practice, the more it becomes a part of your life. And then it just becomes natural to be able to have better cognitive control and better relaxation and health in your body. And let me ask you a question because a lot of our business owner listeners um, are type A, um, very driven, very goal-oriented people. And so, I, you know, I've heard and read Sounds about like things where – yeah, <laughs> where, where, you know, you, you give your mind something to work on when you meditate, but that's not really the goal of, of meditation, right? It's to, it's to, you know what I'm talking about where, where you're, you, I've even read things where you should always have something for your mind to work on before you go to sleep. That's not always healthy, right? Yes. Our minds don't always need to work. And when you meditate, you end up in a mental space that's actually much healthier for your brain. So when we look at markers for brain health, one of the markers for brain health is your alpha peak frequency. And this is a brain frequency that you are in when you are focused and relaxed. It's also brain frequency that you're in before you fall asleep. Um, and so actually being, and it's a very relaxed brain state. Being in this brain state is actually really healthy for your brain. It's not a brain state of, you know, thinking, cogitating, working. It's just a state of being like in, in simple, pure, relaxed focus. So being a type A person myself, I totally kind of identify with this idea that maybe you don't want to be doing nothing, but rest assured that when you're meditating, you are not doing nothing. In the focus attention meditation, which is the one I told you about earlier, where you're focusing on your breath, what you're actually doing in that moment is you're building the muscle of your attention. You're being able to maintain your focus on one thing and you're learning to observe the process of your thinking. So it's actually, it's not doing nothing. It's something that is actually a really hard skill to build. It's something that you're, you're working on while you're doing it. And it actually leads you to be significantly more productive because it helps you identify your mind wandering and distraction throughout the day and then be able to come back to the task at hand, the thing you're focusing on much more effectively. Yeah, so with that, you know, what I was thinking of was maybe there is a goal to meditation, but it's not to work on a problem. It's it's perhaps just maybe to say, I'm okay, I'm going to take 20 minutes to let's say reset my my myself, my soul, reset my soul, reset my thinking, reset my brain. It would would that be a, a yes. reason because you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, I need something, I need something to come out of this like you said, I need a a goal orientation. What would you say would be a good a, a good thought for, okay, why am I going to do this? Sure. There's a lot that's going to come out of it. So you're going, you can increase your productivity. You can decrease your stress. You can increase your attention. You can increase your cognitive function. So in tests that we've done of people doing news for 10 minutes a day for six weeks, we see improvement in something called the strip task, which shows that you become faster at making decisions with conflicting information under stressful situations. So, you know, this 10 or 20 minutes that you're spending is not for naught. It actually leads to significant improvements in your life. It also helps become a better leader, a better communicator, a better listener, a better friend and human. You know, the, the benefits are dramatic. From people that you talk to and, and uh, you've talked to a lot of people about this, do you recommend that they um, find a time in the you know first part of the day when things are peaceful or say midday when things are most chaotic to take time off to come back and be charged up to 
to deal with things, or is it is end of the day, or is there is it just different for everyone? Yeah, the right time to meditate is the time that works for you. So it's something that you want to be doing regularly. So you want to find the time that you can build it into your own routine. And just like any habit, as soon as it becomes routine, that's when it's now part of your daily life and you do it with regularity. We find with Muse, a lot of people do it at six in the morning. It's one of the most popular times. Um, Lots of people do it in the middle of the day, taking a break. And we also have a lot of people that would use Muse before they went to bed to help them quiet their mind and fall asleep. Excellent, because I know a lot of notable uh, big thinkers like Benjamin Franklin used to take a lot of naps. Well, maybe he was really meditating during that time frame. We don't know, right? So anyways, <laughs> could be. Uh, let, let's talk about how to overcome, you know, our brains tell us so many different things during the day. And let's talk about that, um, how to overcome what your brain tells you, the neuroscience of anxiety, which you are very familiar with, and fear and bias and how to overcome them. Give us some tips. Sure. So let's step back and sort of look into the brain and see what happens when we're in a space of negativity. So you have an organ inside your head called the amygdala. And the amygdala's job is to look for things that could be dangerous for you. And some of those are real dangers like, you know, fires. And some of those are perceived dangers like people who may not like us or a wrinkle that we have in our pants before we go into a meeting. And our amygdala's job is to represent this you know, dangerous information to us over and over and over and over and over again to make sure we pay attention. And that's why as humans, we have a negativity bias because we're always trying to, thanks to our amygdala, you know, pay attention to the dangers again and again and again. Now, this can be incredibly useful in life and business, but often this part of our brain becomes over-functional and that's where we get anxiety, that's where we get stress, that's where we get repeated negative thinking where it's no longer helpful or useful to us. So in a meditation practice, what we're actually doing is we're strengthening a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is the front of the brain, and it's the part of our brain associated with decision-making, attention, inhibition, organization, planning. It's the part of our brain that really makes us a higher human. And in meditation, what you see is that the prefrontal cortex is actually able to quiet the amygdala. It's actually able to reduce its activity and to have it say, you know, it's okay, everything's okay, please stop. You know those moments when you're stuck in traffic and, you know, you have the, oh, no, I'm stuck in traffic and you're still spike and it's like, I'm going to be late for this or I'm stuck in traffic and then your heart goes and then your, you know, your heart is beating and you're sweaty, but you're stuck in traffic. There's nothing you can do about it. And you kind of try to move your mind away, but then every three minutes you're like, oh, man, this traffic. And you're actually just ruining your day for no reason. And and that time is no longer productive when you could be sitting there like thinking at least or learning. Well, Mm -hmm. that's the amygdala. Yep. 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 That's the amygdala turning your mind to the negative, turning your mind to the thing that's wrong, activating your body, giving you the heart palpitations, the anxiety when it's no longer helpful to you. And so what we as evolved humans can do is use our big prefrontal cortexes, look around at the scenario, say, yes, you know, I'm stuck in traffic, but I'm safe. I I know how to drive this car. It's fine. I'll get there eventually. And there's nothing I can do. So the best thing to do would be amygdala, be quiet, like body, stop sweating, chill out. You know, let's put on a podcast or listen to something that's going to be helpful or run a meeting, you know, from the car. And so what we as humans have this ability to do is to really make choices about how we want to think and how we want to act. And that's really the process that meditation teaches you. It teaches you to observe your own reactions 
and then to be able to quiet your mind and body when your reactions aren't actually aligning to what is best for you in that moment. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, and, yeah. we yeah, it, it is interesting how complex our <clears throat> our mind structure, our you know, the, the developed mind structure is. And I've also heard that the uh the prefrontal cortex is is small and it gets tired uh, if you if you focus, so sometimes you need to give it some rest and, and a break um, to to most effectively use it. Is, have you heard that as well? Do you know that as well? Yeah. So your prefrontal. So this is an interesting thing. Um, our brains get tired, so we want to give them breaks, absolutely. But we also want to make sure that we use our brain because the more you use it, the so um, the prefrontal cortex as you age actually thins. Um, but if you're able to do things like a long-term meditation practice, you can maintain the thickness of your prefrontal cortex even as you age. Um, so it's like, you know, any muscle, yes, our muscles get tired, and so we want to make sure that we, we rest our muscles, but you also want to make sure that you're working your muscles so they stay strong. So it becomes a balance of activities throughout our day that both work and rest. Interesting, interesting. So how can mindfulness and meditation be used for leadership development? Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Sure. So as leaders, it is our job to be able to rise above a situation and survey the landscape and see the vision in the future and the organization that's in front of us and be able to make smart decisions. So when we are, you know, pulled by our fears, it's really hard to make smart decisions. So meditation teaches you the practice, just like I described, you could you know, rise above your thoughts and observe your thoughts. So too, can you rise above a scenario and observe what's going on in the whole scenario and then be able to make better judgments about what's driven by your fears and what is in there in reality. Meditation actually strengthens a part of our brain called the temporal parietal junction that's responsible for compassion empathy and perspective taking, the ability to shift perspective. So this both allows us to assess, you know, a landscape of what to do and also to build better relationships with our staff. As leaders, being able to be aware of your own drive, things that, you know, push you, and then to be able to understand those impacts on the people around us and then make better choices about our own actions and behaviors is really, really key. And so meditation really? teaches you that skill. Yeah. Now, Ariel, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how a little bit more about Muse and how it just basically how it works. We've only got a couple minutes left, but I'd love to, for our audience to understand a little bit more about it, and then we'll tell them how to how to learn more about where to find it. Sure. So Muse is really like a tracker, like a Fitbit, but instead of being on your wrist, it's on your forehead, and it's a slim little device that tracks your brain during meditation. And it gives you real-time feedback to know when you're focused and when your mind is wandering. Um, it is, lets you know in real time what's going on in your mind. And then it also gives you data after the fact. So you can see the improvement that you're making in your meditation. And as I said earlier, it really solves that problem of like, what am I doing? Am I doing it right? And for those goal-directed, you know, goal-oriented people, it really helps you improve. It really shows you that you're on the path to getting better at your meditation. We also have a huge library of content on workplace-associated meditations, performance, sleep. And then we have a new device that just came out that actually helps you fall asleep and stay asleep um, and also is able to track your sleep through the night um, as precisely as a sleep lab. 
Ariel, as advertised, you are one of the most interesting people I've ever met. So very good, very good <laughs> job on, on telling our audience. It's a very interesting topic, I think, for a lot of people who are under a lot of stress these days and trying to be better and trying to be better, uh, <clears throat> you know, use their, use their minds better. Now, the website for, uh, for the audience is www.choosemuse.com forward slash welcome. And uh, you'll find more information about Muse, the information that we've talked about. And a discount code is Choose Muse. So please look that up. And Ariel, I want to thank you very much, and I wish you the best of luck with your, your product. I think uh, I'll be checking that out, and I hope our audience will as well. And uh, I hope you'll come back and tell us how it's going maybe in a few months down, th down the road. And uh, very interesting. It sounds like you have some great uh, ideas that you're coming to market with as time goes by. Thank you so much. It was my joy and pleasure, and happy to connect any other time. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on and bearing with me and uh, sharing your information. Very, very interesting. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 